holidays, everybody. Woo! This is Christy. I'm Michael. And we are Terror and Tacos. And this is our Christmas? Yeah, Christmas holiday, uh, holiday special. special. It's I really guess. Christmas. It's let's really be Christmas. honest. We were going to do Thanksgiving and we were going to watch Thanksgiving. Killing. Which you should still go do if you want to. But, you know, I, I'm. I just didn't want to watch a movie about a killer turkey. I didn't either. And also, I feel like. We Thanksgiving is gone, you know? Yeah, it's gone. It's past. It's uh, it's a country whose borders are closed <laughs> to me forever. Yes. And so, now December is here, uh-huh. and so it's, you know, the holiday season is in full swing. Right. So, but if somebody wants to go watch Thanksgiving and then give us a report on our Facebook page. That would be great. We would totally appreciate that. So, today we're going to talk about a few of our favorite um, Christmas horror movies. Horror movies, Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're also going to talk about this great new place that we just discovered called Taco Heads. Yeah, Taco Heads. And this is not even necessarily just new for us, right? It's a pretty new it's pretty spot new for in this Dallas. area. Yeah, so we walked in. Uh, I was having coffee the other day at Houndstooth on Henderson. And uh, I spotted this little place down the street called Taco Heads. And I said, oh, we're going to have to come there. And so we walked in today. And it's uh, on Henderson Street in Dallas. And um, it's really nice. Yeah. It's got a full bar. Full bar if, if you yeah if you want to go grab a drink as mm-hmm. well while you eat delicious tacos. Yeah. And we met the owner. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Sarah. What's up, Sarah? Hi, Sarah. And uh, she told us a little bit about how, you know, she started operating out of a taco truck in Fort Worth, and it got really big, and so she opened... Uh, an actual place yeah. in Fort Worth and then opened one here in Dallas here in not, Dallas, too, long not too long ago. And it, um, I mean, I, I had two delicious, you know, I had a classic sort of crispy beef and then a, this amazing chicken, their own sort of special chicken thing that they did that was right. really good. You um, also had elotes. I did. I had elotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, elotes corn, for those elotes of you. Elotes corn, for those of you. <laughs> Which was know. also great. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought they had, I tried the, they said they had hot and hotter sauce. Yeah. I tried just the hot and it was really good. I appreciate that when they say hot and yeah, hotter. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't risk it. I like to try crispy tacos, even though, you know, crispy tacos are like a Texas invention. Uh-huh. I still like to try crispy tacos. Crispy tacos say a lot to me about the place that you. Um, yeah, if you can get, if if you can't get that right, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can trust the rest yeah. of it. Um, and it was really good. The the meat was like nicely seasoned, and they don't use cheddar cheese or like yellow cheese on their crispy tacos. Right. They use the queso blanco, the Mexican. And with just shredded lettuce, no tomato. But it was really delicious. And I also had a breakfast taco. They have breakfast tacos all, all day. day. And I had my favorite breakfast taco in the world, which is just papas con huevo, ba- uh, potatoes and egg. And it's a little bit fancier than your regular papas con huevo, but it was really good. I also had chips and queso, and their queso was legit. Yeah, everything um, across the board. And everything is made there fresh. Yeah, everything's made fresh. Uh, they have Mexican Coke in, in bottles, which for me is very exciting. Uh-huh. For those of you who don't know, Mexican Coke is better. Um, it is better. It uses uh, real cane sugar, and it's just it's you, it's better. That's all there is yeah, to it. Yeah, the it sweet- also comes in 
a liter glass bottle, which is uh, in my Coke rankings. That is that's the top. This is important yeah, information. Yeah, yeah. The the a liter glass bottle is 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 the best. So now you know when you're shopping for Mike for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Taco Heads on Henderson. Uh, thank you, Sarah. And, and we like, had a lovely time. Henderson and sort of not far that, off of Greenville, right? Yeah, not far off of Greenville, like uh, Ross and Henderson, okay. I'm going to say. So go yeah. hit it. Taco Heads. Check it out. Really it is good. great. Uh, so we're going to talk today. First, we're going to talk about one of my favorite movies, and I always forget how much I love this mm-hmm. movie until I watch it again, 1973's. Um, Black Christmas. Yes, and this is this movie is the movie that inspired a lot of, of slashers, I guess. Yeah, what you, would call them. I, you know, so much so it had been a while since I had seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you read about Black Christmas, that's sort of one of the things that comes up. Um, right. Kinda, I got a quick quote. Yeah, yeah. From my slasher movies book by Peter Normanton, which mm-hmm. I read from before, who is a, a lovely British gentleman. Uh, He says, and I think he's so right, um, that this film, speaking of Black Christmas, this film bears many of the hallmarks of the slasher frenzy that would sweep across the film industry as the decade drew to a close. Right. So this is, this predates Halloween. Uh Uh-huh. Which then predate, you know, leads to all this. And it, it got rewatching. It was like, it's, this inspired so many movies. Right. And even if even if they don't know it, which I can't imagine that they don't. Right. Like contemporary filmmakers uh, like The the, the Strangers uh-huh. and The Gift yeah. and uh, those kinds of films have so much of the same qualities of Black Christmas. It's uncanny. Yeah. And it's it's... I really love it so much. And um, you said something a little while ago about... Anyway, hold on. I'm going to read the cast because it also is like chock Dude, full of... it's like of, an all-star cast. Yeah. So Olivia Hussey... Oh, man, Juliet. might be most famous for Franco Zeffirelli's mm-hmm. Juliet. Uh, Keir Dulea, Space Odyssey. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Margot Kidder. Dude. Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Lane. <laughs> John Saxon. Yes, who mm-hmm. I mean, that, I love John Saxon. Me too, and like Elm Street bringing him in as right. the share, like as the cop is clearly an homage right. to Black. And John Saxon made a lot. Well, not a lot, but I think he he was in a few Argento films. Yes, uh, also as a cop. So John it's Saxon, and then the one that really that always surprises me when I see her is uh, Andrea Martin. Andrea Martin, who I. New from, and you, I think, probably same, from SCTV, right? Right, who I primarily know as a comedian. Comedian, and it was cool. She's clearly very young in this, uh-huh. um, as is Hus- uh, Olivia Hussey. Right. It was cool seeing Andrea Martin play just like a normal... A normal kind of person. Yeah. Not yeah. being funny or a character, right? we should say. And she is great. She's, She's a, great. a ridiculously talented comedian, but like, yeah, this was cool to see. Yeah, it was directed by Bob Clark. Who also directed A Christmas Story. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but he's friends with John Carpenter, Yeah, right? that is at least the rumor. And uh-huh. the thing I think I texted you almost immediately, because you had watched... You had rewatched it before I did. Uh-huh. Um, what is the the opening scene of Black Christmas, Christy, if you remember? Oh, 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 oh. Whose oh. POV is it from, I oh should say? Oh, my God. Say. It is. It's the killer yeah. POV. And it's, it's there's, oh, my God. You're right. It's so good. The one that I was thinking of is when, when um, what's her name, who I can't remember her name now, but she's actually in Curtains, which we talked about right. earlier. Uh, that's the, she's the first girl to die. Okay. Um 
we get the POV of the killer from inside her closet. Yes. And it is the creepiest ass fuck thing yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of like one of the first times where we get the POV of the killer. Of the killer. And the first, the opening is you hear the breathing. You are the eyes of the killer. The killer sort of climbs into the house to get uh-huh. up into the attic. And it is, I mean, I have to believe that that directly inspired the opening of of Halloween. Yeah. When we see we are little Michael, right? Right, and we're seeing through the mask. mask yeah. yeah. And so that was cool. Um I, I yeah. It also oh this is what you said earlier that I found interesting. This it came out the same year as Texas Chainsaw. Yes. Which is also super uh like influential. Uh-huh. But Texas Chainsaw kind of like spurned its own kind of subgenre. Yeah, definitely. I think with Black Christmas, you see some of the things that will become like incredibly common in in slasher movies, which is honestly like a heavily female led mm-hmm. cast. Mm-hmm. Um, while Chainsaw has the final final girl in Sally, it is not a sort of female dominated cast, right? right? This is other than you have boyfriends and cops. That's right. who men are, and uh-huh. and I think in slashers that becomes. Very common. Mm-hmm. The male characters are boyfriends and cops, or in Halloween, boyfriends and a doctor who functions like a cop. Right. Goodness, right. Um, it's not like gritty and fucking. I don't feel like I need to take a shower after it, like when I watch Chainsaw. Right. Whereas, like, this feels more like there are kills. It's never crazy. Like, it's never. It's not super gory. It's not super gory. That's you know. It is definitely a horror movie. Sometimes there's you know you have trouble telling the difference between what is a thriller, mm-hmm. what is a psychological thriller, what is a thriller, and what is a horror. This is definitely a horror movie. Absolutely. But it is also psychologically a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of the. I mean, and man, one of the, I think another one of the sort of great things this sets up, which is very different than like Friday the 13th or Halloween or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You don't know who this killer is. No. You have no idea. No. And really, you never do. You you never do. So um, if that's what you're looking for. Right. You well, and, and that's, the, that's what I love about, that's one of the things that made me go, Oh, this is so much like The Strangers, or rather The Strangers is like Black Christmas, because, excuse me, um, you do think you know who it is, Uh and you are pretty sure at some points, even if you've seen it before, and I hadn't seen it in a few years, I have to admit, and I was pretty sure, I was like, oh yeah, it's 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 this this, this this person, it's this character, I know it is, and then it throws you for a loop. Yeah. It is. I, I mean, it's 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 really great. It's, it's and, I, and and there were some of the things like the the end of the movie to me is still like bold as fuck. Absolutely, uh, the end credits and uh-huh. stuff. So just I guess just a little rundown of the film. So Black Christmas takes place. I'm gonna say like in some northeastern yeah. college town. Uh, yes, it's Boston. shot. It's shot in Canada. I assumed we were in Boston. We're always. I, I always. If it is yeah. a college, we're in Boston. Yeah, I always <laughs> think we're in Boston if we're if it's a college. Town. So we're at a college, and uh, it's at a sorority house, uh-huh. and we have all of the tropes of the sorority girls. Yeah. Margo, in Margot Kidder, we have, like, the rich sorority girl who's kind of like a bitch to everybody uh-huh. else. And clearly, like, fucks whoever she wants. Yeah, she drinks whenever sassy. she wants. Yeah. And then we have the first girl that gets killed. I, I wish I could remember her name. I can't remember her name. But Claire is, I think, the character yeah, name. Yeah, the is character Claire. name is Claire. Yeah, because they're constant. Claire's missing. Claire's yes, missing. Claire, yeah. Um, 
and in her we have the townie. Uh-huh. Who is there on scholarship, right? Right. Um, her dad has come to pick her up. Right. She hasn't met him. Right, yeah. right. And he has that line, it's like, I didn't send my daughter here to, to be... <laughs> to be doing drugs or whatever. Yeah. Lynn Griffin, that's her name. Cool. Uh, Running around with boys. Right. <laughs> and we have uh, Olivia Hussey, who becomes our protagonist. Yeah. Can I... Can sure. We, one of the... I thought one of the most interesting things about Olivia Hussey's character which becomes sort of different as we move forward with, like, Laurie Strode and those types of final girls. Mm -hmm. Olivia Hussey is pregnant. She wants to have an abortion. Right. um, Which I actually think is handled... I, 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 for the time, I thought pretty well. Right. From her... She's kind of like, shut the fuck up, dude. This isn't your decision. Right. In her, like, awesome British Uh refined way. Um... That is not typically, like, what becomes the final girl, Mm -mm. right? The final girl, we, like, in Lori is, like, she's nervous. Outstanding. She can't get it. She's nervous to talk to a boy about going on a date. Right. She's smart. Yeah, she She, studies a lot. She reads books, so so (laughs) clearly she's a virgin. Yes. (laughs) Right. Whereas this is, like, Olivia Hussey. Because girls who read have no sex appeal, Mike. Absolutely. You, guys, you know what I'm saying. I'm kidding. I can't even joke about it. Um, But she's, like. I don't want to have the baby because I have things I want to do with my life. Like right. she's sort of like so that's that that was very interesting right. to me. I thought that was bold too. So and then we have Marion Waldman who plays Mrs. Mack, who like in her we have the house mother who's also like <laughs> total really, drunk, total right? drunk. <laughs> yeah, you know she's always drunk and she has bottles hidden <laughs> all over the house. This house, man. This house is creepy as fuck. It's like there are scenes that happen where they're walking around talking about shit that's going down in the house and they're walking forever. Yes, and I'm like. Why? Also, does like no one does no one think about the attic ever? Ever. <laughs> no one ever thinks about the attic or the basement. Right. Like, come on, y'all. Come on. Like, I'm so glad you. For those of you that don't know, we don't have basements. No, in Texas. we really can't. In Texas, there, there, we don't. Some people have basements, but that's like a fancy thing, yeah. you know. But for the most part. We don't have I think basements. it's because of, like, the earth, the earth or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's too hard. I don't know. It's too hard to have basements in Texas. And so when I see houses that have creepy basements, oh, I'm dude. like, I could never. Don't ever go in there. No, don't go in there. What's wrong Especially with Especially in some horror movies, like, why are you, Why is your washer and dryer in the fucking creepy basement? Right, Move right. it upstairs. Move it upstairs. I was in New York one time, and I stayed at a B&B that, uh, well, it's a long story. Anyway, I was at this B&B in Brooklyn, and... It had a basement just right off the kitchen, and there was no door to the basement. Oh, come on now. And the washing machine was down there, and it just looked fucking creepy. And when I would go to sleep at night, I slept there three nights, I would lock the bedroom door. Hell yeah, you would. I didn't have the guts to go down into the basement. No. I'm such an idiot. You anyway, survived. I did survive. So. I survived. That was a creepy B&B. Anyway. Um, um, so we have sort of all of these... Again, these sort of stere- stereotypes, I don't know if that's the word, but these, these archetypes, or yeah, archety- archetypes that will become classic sort of slasher fare, right? Right. You will have, because even Andrea Martin, who is not like nerd or whatever, like, she's like the nice one, She's the right? nice girl. Uh, Margot Kidder is the... The bitch. The, yeah. Um, um, Claire is, is the townie, like, the, like townie, the, yeah. poor girl, the poor girl. The poor girl. And Olivia Hussey is like... She's a protagonist. She's the protagonist. She's she's our hero. So Olivia has, uh, they all have a boyfriend. And the movie opens on right 
as everybody's leaving for, for Christmas, Christmas vacay. They're having a little sorority and they're having Christmas a, party. Yeah, exactly. And uh, everybody's over and their boyfriends are over. And I have to... Kier Dulea plays Olivia Hussey's... Yeah. So strange. Tell us. Say what you were going to say. He is... Um, I love him. I, mean, I do He's too. a fantastic actor. I think he's good in this movie. Yeah. He was 38 years old. This is 1974. Uh-huh. So right before this... He had played Mia Farrow's husband in a British film called uh, The Haunting of Julia. Yes. Where he's clearly an older... He is a grown He's a grown-ass man. He already played a fucking astronaut. Like, come on. <laughs> and, like, I think Olivia Hussey's, like, 22. Right. She looks like she's in college. Yeah, yeah. He looks... When he showed up, I was like, oh, she's dating the some professor. famous professor. <laughs> right. He does say that he's been attending the conservatory for eight years. Yeah, so, so he could be a grad student. That's, I think maybe that's how they play it off, is that he's he's clearly a gifted musician, uh-huh. pianist, that he's, he's in some sort of graduate or PhD-type conservatory program. Right. Either way, he's a grown-ass man. And he's much older than she is. Yeah. And so they're having this little soiree, right? And to say kind of bye for Christmas vacation. And uh, they get, the whole conceit is that they get these... Um, lewd these, phone calls. These lewd crank calls. Yeah. Uh, which we'll talk about. Whew. They're crazy. Yeah. They are creepy Absolutely. Shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so th- they're not your average crank call where somebody just breathes hard. Like, no. Y- they answer the phone and... and, and it, they're really nasty. They're bizarre. They're they are, bizarre. Yes, and you're right. They are nasty. They're bizarre. Like, you you at times can't tell if it's one person doing multiple voices, if it's multiple. It, they're really fucking They're weird. really weird. And I, they would scare the shit out of me. Absolutely. Um, but Margot Kidder being, being sassy, sassy and drunk doesn't you know, care. She doesn't give a shit. And she, she eggs it on. She does the thing that my mother always said, don't do, which is like, don't egg it on. Right. Right. Um, on the street, on the phone, girls, if somebody cat calls, don't even pay attention to it because then that means you like it. Right. That's what my mom used to say. Well, um, I mean, and so Mario Kidder is fucking with him and fucking with him, and the last thing he says on that one phone call is, I'm going to kill you. Right. That's what's so creepy is that the whole phone call, he's like, whoever it is, is making this like weird voice and yeah. like saying nasty things, whatever. And she eggs him on and eggs him on. And then at the end of the call, the caller drops all of that weird all bullshit. All that weird stuff and just says, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. And hangs up. And it's like, what the what shit? What the shit? Yeah. It's creepy. And so they're like, whatever, creepy phone call. And in the midst of this, uh, Margot Kidder says something about the townies, uh-huh. right? She says something. She has a line where she goes, you can't rape a townie yeah, or so something like that. And God. it's so gross. Yeah. And so the Claire gets upset, of yeah, course. Of course. Because she's, like, she's a human being. Because she's a human being. <laughs> and she gets upset. And so she goes up to her room to start to leave. And um, that's when we get that wonderful POV shot of, like, she's in the room, she's packing, and suddenly we see the the POV from behind, like, a dry cleaner bag in her closet. great shot. It's such a good shot. And she can hear them breathing. And they always think it's the cat. Whenever they Mm -hmm. hear, there's clearly a house cat. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, whenever they hear something weird, that's their, like, go-to. Like, they think it's Walter Walter the cat. cat. And they're like, Walter, is that you? Walter, Walter. And then, it's not Walter, y'all. It's not Walter. (laughs) It's never Walter. It's never Walter. (laughs) So, Claire disappears. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, but they think she's gone. Yeah, because she's packing to leave. When everybody sort of like comes to the next mm-hmm. day after the party or whatever, they just assume she took off. Right. And and we don't realize that something has happened to Claire until her dad shows yeah, up and like, says... It was, she was supposed to meet me. I, and I never... Never picked her up. Yeah. We also have like the bumbling cop. Uh huh. Not, Not John, John Saxon. Saxon. John the, Saxon is the fucking badass. legit detective. The bumbling cop is the one that's at the desk, uh-huh. like the night, the, the desk cop, or sure. what do you call him? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, he's not a detective. He's not a detective. He's the uniform cop that you go to when you walk into the police station, and they're supposed to direct you, but yeah. he's not very good because he's like, no, we, we uh, don't have enough people to help you. And they even, even the detectives think he's a shitty cop. Right, exactly. Um, so the whole time, you you know where this is going. Yeah, where they, it's basically, they start looking for Claire. They start looking for Claire. They can't find her. In the midst, in the midst of, of Claire being gone, they find a little girl in the park who's been murdered. murdered. A, a, a town, someone who lives in town, right. she's been murdered. And so clearly something is going on. And even Saxon is like, goes to the shitty cop and he's like, you didn't think we needed to look into this? Right. You know, we have a little girl missing. We have a college student missing. You just thought, what? What? You know? Yeah. And so when, once Saxon gets on the case... Right. We get legit. Right. And 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 then you get, you know, Margot Kidder kind of redeems herself because the whole time she's being a dick, but you kind of learn as you go along that she's being a dick because that's her, like, that's how she protects herself, right? Uh-huh. And she actually feels guilty. Yes. For Claire being gone. Yeah, yeah. You she know, does. she's she accuses everybody of, of blaming her for Claire being missing, but in actuality she does she blames, she blames herself. herself for being so shitty. Yeah. And so one by one the girls begin to get picked off. To get picked off. And what we learn through all of this is again that Olivia Hussey is pregnant uh-huh. with Kier Dulea's Am I saying that right? I think so. Uh, yeah, with uh, Kier Dulea's baby. And Kier Dulea is like, I don't want to be a musician anymore. I'm sick of being in this conservatory. We should get married. And I'm have this baby. School, get married and have this baby. And yeah, it's very progressive where Olivia Hussey says, I'm going to have an abortion. Yeah. Just because you want to give up your dreams doesn't mean that, that I, I, that that I, I want to give up yeah. mine. So, and he tries to yell, you can do both. And she's like, no. No, I can't. <laughs> I, and he finally says, you can do both. And she finally says, I don't want to marry you. Yeah. And that is like a huge blow yeah. to him. And he destroys the piano. Yeah. And all yes. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. yes. So we're kind of led down this road of thinking that Kirdulea is... Yeah, the killer. That's that's the the detective's initial thought. Uh-huh. That is sort of the that's where we're as an audience where he's trying to lead us, right? Right. Um, the truth is, though, we don't we don't know. know. No, we don't know. Like we don't know. And so we sort of start. This is this this movie actually has what I consider to be one of the most famous lines in all of horror movies. Right. And even if you haven't seen Black Christmas, you most likely know this line, which mm-hmm. is, the calls are coming from inside the house. Right. Um, so much so that I had convinced myself that, that it was that, another movie. That it came from When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. But that's Have You Checked the Children. Yeah, the, the calls are coming from inside the house comes from Black Christmas. Right. Because that's how they start the phone calls. The creepy phone calls are how they start to track this dude down. So let's talk about yeah, I mean, let's talk about the phone technology oh, of 1973. Oh my god. So 
I was sitting there watching this movie, and I, I really, like I already said, I really love it. If I had one complaint in the moment, I was like, golly, these <laughs> scenes when they talk about how they're going to trace the call we, are super long. Like, go, I like, don't need to know We all go of to, this. like, the phone company. Yeah, and like, it's like <laughs> the guy is sitting there explaining how, how he's put works. the tap in the phone and whatever. And I was like, do we really need this? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, yeah, we do. Because at that time... That this was, was this was new. This was gonna blow people's fucking minds. People's fucking yeah. minds. To the one point where they have to like explain to John Saxon, we're like, no, we've removed the receiver from the phone in the room so you can talk and they won't. And it's like, this right, is amazing, right. So what the guy has to do, uh-huh. right, the guy who's tracing the calls, is he actually has to go down to the exchange. It's so amazing to the phone exchange uh-huh. to like. What would be AT and T? I guess yeah. I don't know. Sure. So whenever a call comes in and they answer it, and he's like, "You got to keep on the line. Keep on the line. Keep on the line because we got to trace the call and uh-huh. it takes time." So it's not just a matter of looking at your computer screen and waiting for the computer to make that connection. The guy has to run he's around. Running around. He's running around the phone company, it- following. The wires, yeah, I and don't through the air tubes or yeah. what, however, however phones work. <laughs> and now I'm like really curious about like how did phones work back yeah, in the I time? I don't know because was it some kind of like weird pneumatic system? I, I don't Were know. Were there like elves? I, there must have connecting been connecting like wires. And or doesn't something? it seem like this is the only man who can do this job? Yes! Like he's the yes! only guy. And so he attempts it like three times when they can't. They they haven't yeah. been able. To she hasn't keep, been able to keep him on the phone long enough. And because the phone calls are fucking creepy, mm-hmm. and she she says they upset me. And this is not. I mean, it's not just like. And at one point he clearly creepy man. And at one point he clearly whoever's making the call, which is why she starts to think it's her boyfriend, references a conversation the two of them had. Right. Which really freaks her the fuck right. out. Right. Like he actually says word for word what Kirdelea says to her. Yeah. Right. And there's someone, they they keep referencing someone in the phone call called Billy. Billy. Something about Billy. Yeah. Something's happening to Billy. Something's going on with Billy. And then finally they start talking about like the baby and what are you going to do with the baby? Yeah. All that stuff. And which is the thing that freaks Olivia Hussey out Uh, most. And so finally that one cop that's like in a rat maze is able to like run through the rat maze of the AT&T phone exchange and make the connection. Yeah. And so he calls John Saxon and says, dude, you got to get her the fuck out of there. Get her the fuck out of there. The phone calls are coming from inside Inside the house. Yeah. And so John Saxon calls the desk cop, the terrible desk. And he said, what is the first thing he says to him? He says, be calm, be calm. Don't tell her anything, anything. Just Just say, Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone and leave outside. the house. Yeah. So the shitty desk cop. He actually says, "If you, if you, I think if you screw this up or if you fuck this up, I will kill you. I will kill you." Yeah. The shitty desk cop calls back the house. Olivia Hussey answers, and he says he tries to be calm. Uh huh. And Olivia Hussey's like, "Let me go get the girls. Let me go get Phil and whatever." Yeah. And he's like. Don't go upstairs! The calls are coming from inside the house. He screams at her. And so, of course, Olivia Hussey starts to freak out. And um, 
She's doing the work, man. She is. I love. I love her. She's great. She uh, eventually. And up until this point, you still think it's Kier Dulea. Yeah, and she does. She, yeah. she doesn't want to believe. Yeah. But that's clearly what she thinks, mm-hmm. and that will lead to kind of the climax of the movie. Right. I was gonna say. Um, she ends up playing in Psycho Four, right. which I know sounds ridiculous. She plays Norman Bates's mom mm-hmm. when they're when they're young. I actually love Psycho Four. I do too. And she's so fucking creepy. In in and it's Henry Thomas, right? Plays uh, young Norman Bates. It's also creepy because she's Juliet. Because yeah. we know her as yes. Juliet. So you have Juliet, kind of sleeping with her son, who's Elliot. It's real weird. It's um, so anyway. strange. So yeah. So then. What happens is she gets hurt, or she's in shock. She goes down into the basement, uh-huh. right? Because now the killer is following her, and she can't get out. The, they and they do the old sort of horror trope at the very beginning. This damn front door! Right. I've been trying to get this fixed for years. Right, you know? and, and so when she tries to get out the front door, it's broken. She can't do yeah. it. She, she goes. goes to the basement. She goes upstairs. She discovers one of the things that I found super creepy that I hadn't thought about, but for some reason, you know, is that they've been in the house, and the girls have been. Killed in the house. Uh-huh. And so the whole time, the girls have been in the house dead. Yeah. And M- multiple. No, multiple, yeah. and nobody knows. Nobody knows. So when she opens the door and discovers her two friends, just the idea that they had been there in that position the whole, whole time. The whole time, yeah. Is just creepy It's as really me. creepy. Um, and, and eventually her thinking it's her boyfriend leads to... You know, again, her not being able to get out when she should because he shows up. Right. She thinks it's him. Right. So she doesn't. Right. She runs from him essentially. Right. There was like there was a re- there's a really great scene in the basement where he breaks through the window and he comes in and he's saying to her, he's like, "Come on, let's go. What's wrong with you or whatever?" And there's a shot of her. It it just really captures that horror movie iconic image of like. I, you can't trust anybody anymore. Yeah. Like, you don't know who to trust. Of course you wouldn't know who to trust. Right. And and they do it so well in this movie uh-huh. where she is beyond, beyond knowing, like, her whole world has been turned upside down. Right. So who do you trust? Who do you trust? And she has no one. And, and I think one of the sort it's of... It's done really well. The, and, like, kind of the genius of this movie, at the end, um, when all is said and done, we... We don't really know if she's safe. We don't. And we don't really know who the killer is. We don't. Um, and apparently, I just in reading, I, I, you know, this came out before I was, uh, a couple years before I was born, or a year or two before I was born. Um, so I didn't, I came to it very late, you know, like 10 or 15 years after mm-hmm. it actually came out. So I went back and read, like, initial reviews. Um, apparently, people were fucking pissed. I'm sure they were. <laughs> that, that they didn't. That it wasn't like, oh, it was Jimmy all along or whatever. People, like, kind of were angry about it. Yeah. I, I think it, it's kind of genius. I think it's great. And I think it's really effective. I don't want to give away, like, the, the how the ending happens. Um, or even, you know, uh, I mean, even though we've already said it's not Kier Dulea, we have, we don't. You, you should go watch it. Yeah. Or should we say it? Does it matter? I don't, go ahead. I mean, I, I think even if you know, like. There's nothing we've said like the the you need to go see it anyway. Yeah, so, yeah I, you, I if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen this movie, so basic. So the the final the the big climactic scene happens in the basement, 
and and you see this you you know that the killer is following through the house at this point she thinks it's her boyfriend and she's trying to stay away she's in the basement she starts to see a shadow outside of the house like in the, those little like windows basement, basement windows, windows. And trying to get in and finally he breaks the window he gets in and he's like you let's know go. let's go let's go and she's holding a big giant fucking wrench yeah um and it cuts away from that. Like, he goes towards her, and it cuts away, and we cut to Jen, John Saxon coming to the house, right? And the next time we see Olivia Hussey and Kirdulea, he's dead. He's dead. She has... I think it's her. Uh, that's... Again, like... I, I think she's... I do, too. Or She's killed him, That's what I think. I, think. I don't know. But, again, In self-defense. it's not answered. It's not answered. It's not clear at all. Right. She's also... She's knocked out. She's knocked out. Yeah. So we also don't We have know. no idea what happened. Right. They take her upstairs. They... John Saxon makes all these connections and says it must be... It must... They've. He's listened in on the phone call, so he knows that the creepy phone call person is talking about a baby. Uh-huh. So he makes the connection to her being pregnant. Yeah. And he's thought it was him all along. Right. He's like, I never trusted that guy, blah, right. blah, blah. So basically what they're doing is, like, Kirdulea's character is the killer. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And Case closed. Case closed. She's asleep in her bedroom. The Claire's father, who's still there, kind of has, like, an attack yeah. and he faints. He has to go to the hospital. They have to take him to the hospital. And so suddenly, like, everybody who's been in Olivia Hussey's room... Is gone. Is gone yeah. because they have to get the guy to the hospital. They have to go close the case, whatever, whatever. And they, they let her... They're letting her sleep. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, the camera pulls out. And we... Yeah. And we pan up back to the attic. The attic, yeah. And we never find out. Right. And then it pulls out from the attic window, and it's I. The, the thing that I found super bold is that there's no ending credit music. It's just the phone ringing. It's just the phone ringing. Yeah. And there's a cop on the front porch, but who cares? Right. Because he's in the house. He's in the house, and and also you see in the attic they still haven't found. They still haven't found the initial Claire, Claire and the house mother because they're in the attic. And again, I guess they just haven't checked. So you still have Claire, who's the first kill, in that dry cleaning bag. Like it's the end is so f- weird. It's so weird. It's so creepy and disturbing. Disturbing. I read that like um, you know he was obviously influenced by a lot of the uh, Italian horror, um, and that. Some of the ambiguity is, is I guess, we would say is sort of like more European yeah. filmmaking in nature. You know, generally American movies, we not like, all the time, we but like we like a, a clear ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is not that. This is not that at uh, all. The no music over the credits with just the phone was like, what a fucking bold choice, I know. man. It's really great. I mean, and the credits start to roll. It, it fades to black uh-huh. and still no music. Yeah. It's really creepy yeah. as fuck. If, I mean, I think if you are a fan of slashers, if you're a fan of horror, you and you haven't seen this movie, you should go see yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's and enjoyed like the seventies phone technology. Seventies phone technology is amazing, and it, it is. You'll see so many things that it's influenced. And there's a remake. I haven't. seen. I haven't either. And I want. I do want to watch now, it definitely. because I want to see what they do with it and how they handle like the phone technology. Yeah. And Andrew Martin is in it. Um, I As think, the house I think she plays the house mother. I mean, sense. that's the thing that would make and sense. She would be great in that. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah. you and know, I was thinking about something that you've said before about how your students 
if 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 technology is old in a movie, uh-huh. like they will just kind of it write kind of it shuts off. Them down. Yeah. That makes me sad. Yeah, because I, this movie's really good. Yeah, and I it was funny because you know it was I had the similar reaction to you of of like good lord man we are spending a lot of time, but if you go back to Scream, mm-hmm. if you go back to the very the first Scream, which is like ninety six, I think. They the amount of time taken to explain cell phone technology and oh, screen is shocking. And at the time, I don't remember. I just remember being like, "Fuck, man, they have cell phones!" Like, there's a whole monologue about we cloned your cellular, we did this, That's we bounced true. it off, and you're like, "What?" Now you're like, "It's funny," but yeah. at the time, I was like, "Most people didn't have that technology." Yeah, and we didn't know that. Our like, cell phone signals were going up into space. Yeah, like so this shit had to be explained, and so it it, it was to me that was yeah. makes sense that that they had to explain tracing phone calls in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, any movie that has like a line that stands the test of time, and I always am I'm fascinated by like you know this line in popular culture, you don't know what it's from, you've never seen the thing it's mm-hmm. from. Uh, like people who will like you'll see ads not to say Black Christmas is Hamlet that's not what I'm suggesting but like you'll it see might be, it might be or is it or is it or is it you'll Michael? see like someone advertising chicken and it's like to dip or not to dip like we all right. fucking know to be or not to be. most people at this point have not read fucking Hamlet right most people haven't seen Black Christmas but they know the phone the calls are coming from the calls coming from inside the house uh huh it's a famous it is thing. a famous it's a famous thing it's really good y'all you should go see go it. check it out um. Yeah. Um, so the next movie we're going to talk about is um, a more modern film. Yeah, v- uh, quite new. 2015? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Krampus. Krampus. So, you know, a while ago, this Krampus craze that happened. How did it? I don't know how it happened. The internet, but, but I guess? I, rem- I remember when I discovered Krampus because... You know me. I'm right. a little bit darker. Even I, and I love Christmas. Uh-huh. I fucking love Christmas. But I even like the darker aspect of Christmas more than the happy-go-lucky, everything is great Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, I even savor the sad, melancholy Charlie Brown Christmas theme. Oh yeah, uh, you know. Um, but so, do you want to tell the public a little bit about what? Well, if you who, missed the who Kramp- Krampus, yeah, is. if you missed the Krampus craze, which really did, it was such a weird so, thing. Suddenly, there was Krampus. Um, this thing that's existed for centuries. Centuries. Uh, so some of the um, like actual lore of of how Krampus became a thing connected to Christmas. The timeline's not not people don't seem quite sure, but at some point in sort of like the Germanic mm-hmm. countries, um, Krampus becomes <coughs> excuse me Krampus becomes a companion of Saint Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Um, Krampus is sort of a goat horned beast, pre Christian, pre absolutely pre Christian, um, and just as Saint Nick might give you presents for being good, if you're bad. Krampus will essentially throw you in a bag and beat you. Beat right? you with a stick. Beat you with a stick. And so Kramp- <laughs> Kramp- Krampus becomes this sort of like, it's like this demonic type manifestation of getting a, a, a lump of coal. Right. But instead you get beaten. You actually get a lump. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. By a goat beast. And yeah, it's it's um, <laughs> clearly like they say it's like obviously sort of passed down from pre-Christian belief in that area of the world, this sort of goat-horned god and all Mm -hmm. of this. Um, 
And then I don't, I, I don't know. It is one of those weird things, I guess, because of the because of the internet, that all of a sudden everyone was into Krampus, right. and that pro- like gave birth to right. to this movie. You know, I mean, and in, and Christmas, I think everybody knows that Christmas like uh, was Saturnalia before, yeah, you know, and, and Yule and, and Yule like all and of these, the, and it may be related to like because Yule, you know, the, the, we celebrate it during that time of year because traditionally, like in in countries where it actually gets super cold, whatever, um, it's it's winter, things are dying, it's getting super cold. You bring a, a tree or a branch or a log into your home, things that stay green all year round yeah. to remind you that things will be green yeah, again spring eventually. Will come again. Spring will come. But right now it's really cold and we can't travel to each other's houses super easy. Right. So we're going to have a big party on the longest, coldest night of the year where we eat and exchange gifts right. so that you remember that I love you. And then I'll see you in a couple and then months. And I'll see you in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, but if you're bad and you get stuck outside... You, yeah. Krampus will get you. And that, that is one of my, I, I had written this down, like my favorite thing about the com, the concept of Krampus, <laughs> other than it just being a goat dude who beats you up, uh, <laughs> is, is this, is the reminder that so many of our holidays, Christian holidays, and so many of our holiday traditions, even for people who aren't really religious anymore. Right. Are, have their roots in, in you know, paganism and sort of ancient beliefs that, you know, conquering nations are, that, that seem to last have been really good about assimilating other people's beliefs. Right. The Romans did it before. Right. Um, you have Germanic groups, like, you're just like, well, we're not going to be able to shake this. We talked about this the, the, even when you were talking about, like, when the Catholics came to South America. Like, eh, we're not going to be able to shake this thing they're into. How can we fold it into our thing? Right, right. I mean, even in, like, like a growing up, like, as, you know, Italians or as an Italian, like, we have La Befana, who is a Christmas witch. right. Like, she's full-on a witch, Mm -hmm. but she's also here to, like, help us celebrate Jesus. Like, it's a really weird... Yeah. And clearly that was a thing in Italy and Sicily, and they were like, well, fuck, man, they're not going to get rid of this old lady witch. They're into this. Hey, she also loves Jesus. She also loves Jesus. Why not? But, you know, she may eat you. Sure. If Um, you're bad. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I kind of love about Krampus. And then the movie Krampus... Um, What'd you think of it? I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it. It is that weird, like, it's a horror, it's a comedy, it's a holiday movie. It tries to do a lot of things. Right. It is reminiscent of, like, those kind of 80s, like, J- Joe Dante. Yeah. Um, that is horror, but is also funny. Is also funny, funny, and is also usually focuses right. on, like, the f- the family aspect of, of, holiday, of Christmas. This movie also has an all-star cast. Dude. Um, Adam Scott. Who I, I mean, I, I absolutely adore. love Adam Scott. And Adam Scott is married to Tony frickin' Collette. Collette in the movie, in yeah. In the movie. Tony Collette, who, like, we're, we're talking, like... Dude, it's Tony Collette. It's Tony Collette. The... Yeah. The only reason I won't burn copies of Hereditary is because is she's, she's in because it. she's in it. Uh, Krista Stadler, who plays Omi, the German grandmother. Yeah, who connects us to sort of the old world. She's right. the one who knows about Krampus. Right, right. Uh, Conchata Farrell, who is like beloved character actress. Um, 
And uh, one of our hometown girls. Yeah, Allison Tolman. Allison Tolman. Who was a Dallas, who, who worked a, in Dallas in theater for a long time. For a long, long time, time and is now making movies. And Which is great. She was she's in, on she's, Fargo. She was on Fargo yeah. uh, in the first season. And um, she plays Linda, Tony Collette's sister in the movie. She's she's really funny. She's man. really funny. <laughs> yeah. um, and so what it is is like we have this, this you know, it just follows... It's so American, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's this family that is getting together for Christmas, and it all starts with the little boy MJ Anthony who plays Max, and he's at the time he's got to be like nine or nine 10, or ten, something I think, like that. Yeah. And he is dealing, like so many kids at at that age, they're dealing with kind of the not. They know that Santa isn't real, right, but they, but don't they want, also don't want to let go of the idea of Sorry, Santa. hashtag spoiler alert. Santa's not real. Santa's not real. Um, I'm sorry, Drew Wall. Uh, um, Dante, Issa, it was your mom and dad all along. <laughs> um, yeah, and and he, and he it's not only just not not believe, like, knowing that, but it, it's sort of the family doesn't get along like they used right, to. The, right, The They're, cousins aren't friends like they used to be. Like, the yeah. things that you have when you're little that yeah. sort of disappear as you the, get older. The, the, the older sister is like, she's becoming a teenager. So she doesn't she want to hang out with her. Yeah, she, she has, has a boyfriend. And, and she doesn't spend time Scott, with him the anymore. dad, he's busy. And, and the mom is trying to keep their lives perfect. Right. And they're dealing and with... And her and her sister and her and clearly her sister don't get along. Don't get along. Don't get along. And her sister... And her sister's husband have a different kind of life. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of hinted at that this that our main family is kind of like a liberal family. Like mm-hmm. at one point, Allison has a line where she says Democrats. Yeah, because um, so, Allison's part of. And I said I I've only met Allison one time. I don't uh-huh. want to pretend like we're super best friends, but like she gets talked about all the time, so we just call her by her first name. Right. But yeah, her she's clearly the sort of like. The Republican side right, of the right. family, right? They brought guns uh-huh. to the Christmas because of party. course, because of course, because you've got to defend your the shepherd, your home, your yeah. defends his flock, um, and so and then we have Omi, the grandmother, who is uh, Adam Scott's mother uh-huh. in the movie, and she's old, old country German, German. lady who uh-huh. still speaks German, and so the family comes over. The two little cousins who are kind of dicks yeah. discover that Max has written a letter to Santa. They basically humiliate him in front of the whole family. Yeah. He feels terrible about it. He tears up the letter and opens the window and throws the pieces of the letter out to the wind. Uh-huh. And it's magic. And it summons Krampus. It, sum- it summons Krampus. And yeah. suddenly there's like a blizzard, huge blizzard. Yeah. And, and, um, and things begin to happen. Yeah. The and, sister goes missing. And, like, I will say one of the – what I thought one of the most effective things about this movie is the shift from ha-ha to, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, when the sister goes missing, like, it's legit. It's legit. Like, horror movie yeah. shit. And then one of the sis- – one of uh, Allison's – Allison Tolman's children in the movie – Goes missing, gets straight up gets pulled up through the fireplace. Yeah, and they reverse fight. Santa. Yeah, reverse Santa, <laughs> and um, and all the shit that happens is really scary. They've yeah. got some good effects, mm-hmm. uh, really good Krampus effects. Yes, yeah. Um, whoever designed Krampus, is, right. was was great. Finally, Omi tells the story because so the, all the power goes out because it's a huge blizzard. Nobody has any power, so they they all have to kind of like they're all pushed together yeah. as a family in a to, very Christmas movie kind of tradition, right? right? To 
survive. Yeah, except this is to actually survive. This is to actually yeah. survive because someone's hunting them down. Uh-huh. And while there's sitting around the fireplace, and Omi has been saying the whole time, keep the fire hot, keep you the have, fire yes. hot, you have to keep it's the, the fire essentially hot. Essentially, this is what's keeping him away. Right. And she tells them the story because they're all like, what is it? Could it be like a, a, a virus? Could it be like war? Like, did someone break out? Whatever. And she says, no, it's Krampus. Uh-huh. And she tells them the story of when she was a little girl in her German town uh-huh. and how people had turned away from each other and turned away from the spirit of, of the, Christmas. Of Christmas, yeah. You know, because that's the thing that she says to Max also. She, he, you know, he's a, he's upset because he doesn't believe in Santa anymore. And, and she says, well, do you believe in the spirit of Santa? And he's like, I don't know. And she says, it's the spirit of Santa that's important. Right. Not you know? the whether or not. He really exists yeah. or not. You wake up in the morning and the gifts are there and your family's together. That is Santa. Uh-huh. You know, it's not whether he's really a, a, a dude with a beard or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but they've turned away from each other, you know. And when she was little, she lost hope. Uh-huh. Uh, her family was taken. She lost hope. And uh, and you kind of get the feeling that when she was little was during World War II. Two, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's and there's a really nice little animated sequence. Yes, in that the was of cool. The movie that was kind of cool. Um, and she... Her family's taken, everybody in her village is taken, it's destroyed, and she is left behind as, she says that Krampus left her behind as a reminder of what happens when hope dies. Yeah. And she has this, like, old sleigh bell. It's hardcore, man. Yeah, that says Krampus on it. Yeah. And um, so, what happens? Do you want to say what happens? Yeah, I mean, like, the... (sighs) The ending is bleak. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, man. Yeah, there. This is this is. Well, there's. First, I was gonna say there's something. I was remembering the old lady's story or the grandmother's story. She is old. I can say that. There is something so German about, like, listen, little boy. If you're bad, the goat man will beat you. Like that's just like <laughs> so fucking German to right. me. Right. Hardcore. Like, this is it. Fuck. This yeah. is the world. Um, there are in some ways multiple endings to yeah. the movie. Um, we think it's a happy ending. He, ref- the spirit is restored because, like, the sister's fucking dead, man. Like, yes. it's fucked up. Like, shit yeah. has gone down. I mean, down. they they tried to escape. They let the fire go out. Yeah, the toys fucking attack come them. to life and yeah. attack them. They have to leave the house. It's blizzard conditions outside. They start getting pulled into the snow by these fucking creatures that they don't know what, what they, they are. are. Yeah, it's like Krampus's army, right? Right. And the last thing, the last thing is that Tony Collette puts Max in the Hummer yeah. with the little cousin and says, "Go." Go. And she gets pulled into the snow. Yeah. And they don't want to go. They can't get the Hummer started. Right. And um they also die. Yeah. And so And then and then we have almost a false ending right, in that. Right, where he wakes up from a dream. Yeah, and that everything's okay. You he know, wakes the, up from this dream. Yeah. He goes downstairs. Everybody's, everybody's fine. having hot chocolate. Everything is beautiful, you know. And then everybody's opening a present, and they hand Max his present, and he opens it. And it's a sleigh bell. It's a sleigh bell with crabs on it. And then we sort of pull back and they're... They all begin to realize, before we pull back, it's like they all look at the Krampus bell. And realize And they're like, 
oh, wait a minute. Yeah. What is going on? And as the camera pulls out, we realize that they have been put into, they're stuck in this snow, snow globe, globe. Yeah. in Krampus's Lair. Lair. Yeah. Full of snow, snow globes, globes of families, of families that are, who have lost hope. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy this movie, and I think the cast are great. I think that, I, I really like it. I think the scares are great, the effects. I don't know that I like the double ending. I, I don't know either. And I, I even wrote this down, because, like, you have said this a lot, I think, probably on the show, and if not, just in life. Um, when we talk about movie, like you, you, you've often said it, it's really hard to end a horror movie. Yeah. And I was wondering, I think it is, it, it's hard to end, I guess, any story you're writing or, or making, but what is it? I agree with you. Why is it so hard? Like, I don't know. Like, why is, why do so many horror movies? And I'm not saying this falls apart. Like no, I go no. see Krampus. It's super enjoyable. It's super fun. And it's it was way fucking creepier than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Like, we were like, ha, Aspen and I, this was last year, I think. We're like, oh, yeah, we'll watch Krampus. That'll be fun. I love Adam Scott. Like, yeah. love Adam Scott. Uh, and then I was like, oh, shit. Uh, but but to me, the end, it, it's it's like a, a weird double ending or like a multi-ending that it's like, ah, oh, we, we kind of lose momentum and... Yeah. I don't know why it's so hard to know. end things, because especially in horror. You know, and, I, and I'm not sure if it's because we're, I don't know, if, if, if it's because it is a, is it a Christmas movie? It is a Christmas movie because it, it takes place around Christmas. Uh-huh. It has Krampus in it, right? They're celebrating Christmas. Uh, it's 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 marketed as a Christmas movie, uh-huh. but Christmas isn't usually a time of horror. Sure. Right. So... I don't know if there's a confusion as to like, are we making a horror, horror movie, movie or, a or Christmas are we movie? making a Christmas movie? Right. And the Christmas movie will have a happy ending. Sure. It is about hope, and it is about um, you know being together with your family right. and and finding out you know figuring out what actually matters. Yeah. Like that's what, sort of the yeah. theme of most right. Of and most Christmas this movies. movie. I think that mo- the, it was more important to them to make a horror, horror movie, movie where it's kind of like. If if you can't find hope at Christmas, this is then yeah. If you are so far gone that you cannot find something good to love about someone else at fucking Christmas, then, then, we, then, then we're it's done. Too late. Yeah, that's we're that's done. a great point. And so yeah, this is sort of bleak thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. And I need to, like, I've, I've seen it a couple times. Like, I really like this movie. And each time I've seen it, I think I've seen it two or three times. Each time I'm like, I don't know if, how I feel about the ending. But yeah. that doesn't keep me, clearly it doesn't keep me from rewatching it. Right. And I, like I said, man, I am rarely, like, I guess because of the way it was marketed. Uh-huh. Like, I... I I was way more freaked out than I planned to be Me when too. I watched and it. Me too. And I really expect I I don't I've only seen it once before. And so this time around I had I honestly had forgotten about the ending. And so because it is an American film and I am very cynical about American holiday films. Sure. Um I was like whatever. It's I remember liking it, but it's probably all going to like end up, wrap up really nicely Uh with a bow, and Krampus is going to go away, and everything's going to be wonderful. And then I, it didn't. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. Shit, yeah. I had not remembered that this is the ending of this movie. Yeah, the ending of this movie. I mean, and they do fake you, like, you know, they they have this sort of false ending. Um, Yeah, but I I think it's, 
And it is weird because there's a, you know when you go on Amazon and you're like I'm watching Krampus and then it's like you should also watch this or whatever. There's all these like other weird Krampus themed movies that look like they were made for about nine dollars. Yeah. That I kind of want to watch that I haven't. Yeah, yet. I know. I kind of go want to watch. Where them. they're just full on like embracing the absurdity of the thing. Yeah. Um, where you see like an image of like Santa fighting Krampus. <laughs> like a there's got to be, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I definitely suggest checking out Camp, uh, Krampus if you yeah, have Yeah, let us know what you think about it and what you think about that weird double ending. It's good. It's yeah. A, and, and, and it's good acting, good production value, good And when effects. it's funny, it's funny, you Yeah, know? totally funny. The thing that I went, I went down the road on the other movie, Black Christmas, like what to watch, and there's movies like Silent Night, Deadly, Deadly Night. Deadly Night, yeah, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly there's Night. There's Silent Night, Deadly Night. And there is Silent Night, Killing Night. <laughs> There's Silent Night, Bloody Night. Okay. And I know this because I started watching one right after Black Christmas called Silent Night, Bloody Night. Okay. And I texted my daughter and I said, hey, I'm watching Silent Night, Deadly Night. Right. And she was like, that's Black Christmas. And I was like, no, I just watched Black Christmas. And she goes, oh, no, wait a minute. That's Silent Night, Evil, Mur- evil, evil night. Evil yeah. night. That was Black Christmas was originally, at least when it came out here, titled Silent Night, Evil Night. Right. Um, but Silent Night, Deadly Night was like the first Christmas horror movie I ever saw. I have to watch it. It's, well, there's I've, also Silent Night, Bloody Night. I've not night. seen Silent yeah. Night, Bloody Scott, Night. Uh, Peter Cushing is in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love and, that this is a whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and I texted you yesterday because I was just so happy after watching Black Christmas because I was like... Man, the seventies are everything. Yeah, the seven seventies horror horror movies do not pull back. You know, and yeah. some of them are gory, like Texas Chainsaw, which started its own thing. And some of them are are films that I don't know if they were if they set out to make a horror genre movie. They were making a movie. Yeah, they were just making a movie, and they got real actors and things. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Silent Night, Deadly Night is is. <laughs> Not quite hold up to to like the level of Black Christmas. I also there's like if we're just like throwing out horror holiday movies for you to check out. There's Jack Frost. Oh, I haven't seen. So that. there are two Jack Frost, which is funny. One is like Michael Keaton. Is, oh yeah, dies. And That's he, the one. And then comes back as he's his dad, and they re whatever. He comes but, back as Jack Frost, and it's it's like a happy, sad, melancholy, like father son bonding movie. But then there's Jack Frost with a killer snowman. Yes, so fucking ridiculous. Um, the other one is, of course, Gremlins. Gremlins, yes. Yeah, and we've talked about Gremlins before. Um, I had forgotten. I had forgotten how fucking horrifying Gremlins is at times. I yeah. I think I think I probably brought this up when we talked about it before. I I I was that might be the most scared I've ever been in a movie theater. I was still pretty young when Gremlins came out. I was horrified. And I don't. Again, this is right before PG thirteen became a thing. I, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. There, they, there are a few things though that I had complaints about, and it's just like logical things. Sure, and I understand it's movie logic. Time zones. Whatever. Do you have an issue with time zones? I have an issue with time zones, but I have <laughs> my big issue is like you have been told these are the rules. These are the rules. Okay, so. N- why are you putting water on him? Yeah. You know, and I know that I understand that the first time was an accident. Uh-huh. They accidentally spilled water. 
Also, was Corey Feldman in every movie every in the movie. 80s? There was, like, I think a rule. That they're like, well, when's Feldman going to show up? Right. <laughs> Feldman has to be in every 80s movie. Anyway, so why would... You know what happens. Now, you accident, You know what happens. You saw you what saw happens. You saw what happens. So why would you purposefully... I don't know. ...put water on, 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 the, on the thing? Yeah. You know? I, on, I, and then you see these, like... Evil dis- fucking dis- things. Disgusting evil pods that have formed in your home and you're just gonna go like bye mom i'm going to school yeah what the shit you're Uh, not even gonna investigate you're not gonna check it out yeah the uh i mean the abuse that gizmo takes in this movie is still it's still disturbing it's horrifying and it's clearly painful to him yes like that's the thing that made me so upset is that the first time they spill water on gizmo and his you know back starts going crazy and all the little fur balls start start popping popping out I was like, he's clearly in distress. Yeah. Like, do something. What do they do? They put water on yeah. his back again. That is like, fuck, that's like, torture. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. yeah. I still have a lot. I still, this, I. And then your first, your first thought is like, I'm going to make money. Yes. I'm going to make money from this. From this thing. This poor thing. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that I'll. <laughs> I was really upset. I don't know that I'll ever come to terms with gremlins. Like, it's. <laughs> It's so ridiculous because it's Gremlins. I actually love Gremlins too, which is an absurd, such an absurd fucking movie. Uh, I think it it scarred me like it's just scarred me as a kid, man. And like I still watch. I just have so many problems. I have so many issues with Gremlins. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a I, weird thing I to have. I found it really upsetting. Okay, like, it upset me. I'm the glad other, I'm not totally insane. No, the other thing that I learned from Gremlins is that. Give up, Judge Reinhold. You're never going to get Phoebe Cates. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> going to say that. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna ha- it didn't happen in Fast Times. <laughs> it's not gonna and happen. it's not going to happen in Gremlins. Uh, she is not for you, She's sir. She's not for you. Oh, Phoebe Cates. Yeah. My love for her will never die. So we got to give a special shout out to a few people. Yeah. Uh, I have to give a, a shout out to Taylor. Is it Taylor Mercado Owens? Yeah. Yeah. Who answered the, the question. Who answered the question of who baby Luke was, was looking, looking at, at uh, in the hallway. Yeah. And he is definitely looking at floating ghost Eight man. foot giant man. Yeah. Um, uh, so good on you for getting that answer correct. Um, and Jim John make noise? Of course. As always. What and, else? Uh, I was just going to, you know, it, plan the holidays just like you planned your fall. Just because it's Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate, whatever it is, Yule, I don't know. I, whatever you celebrate doesn't mean that there aren't horror movies out it there that need to be watched. It doesn't mean that you can't scare your pants off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think every holiday is, is a horror holiday. I agree. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, that's going to be good. Um, um, are, if there are other Christmas movies that you know out there that we have not mentioned, please post them on our Facebook page. Let us know. We'll talk about them. And um, go visit, what was it, Taco Heads. Yes, Taco Heads. Great Delicious. new place. Nice people. And merch is in the works, Merch y'all. is in the works, Can y'all. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>